Today on Recur Now, Casper's return policy may be haunting them. Plus, an AMA on all things referral marketing. And user pilot Azar Ali Shad is here to talk about SaaS's state of product onboarding. All this and more today on Recur Now. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it's Wednesday, January 29th. I'm Grace Gagnon. I'm James Herrick. And I'm Abby Sullivan. It is a beautiful day to subscribe. Up first, what's going down in the recurring revenue space today? About 10 months ago, Casper was valued at $1.1 billion during its last public funding round. And new paperwork filed Monday now reveals Casper valued itself at $768 million. Abby, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Sure am. That is a pretty hefty price cut. You got that right. This lower valuation is based off of a maximum per share offering price of $19, Forbes reports. And if the stock opens at the low end of the projected range, those shares will drop to $17 a pop. But it's hard to make sense of this dramatic drop. Casper has basically been the virtual poster child for the D2C consumer mattress business. It's also made the brand appear loud and clear through extensive and expensive marketing and advertising. Podcast appearances, social media, and subway station ads, you name it, Casper's done it. On top of that, NPR reports that Casper has quite a few celebrity investors like actor Leonardo DiCaprio and rapper Nas. So where do these efforts fall flat? Well, to put it bluntly, Casper's return policy really bit them in the ass. It offers a free trial period of 100 nights free and an extremely generous return policy. NPR reports the loose refunds, returns, and discounts cost the company nearly 81 mil in 2018. And because of this leniency... People just aren't surprised by Casper's losses. Yeah, mattress writer and executive editor of Furniture Today can attest. This was long suspected that Casper is losing money. The number I really would like to see is what is the return percentage of Casper's mattresses. Spoiler alert, he's still looking. It seems as though Casper is aware of the flaws in its return policies. One part of the filing to go public says, quote, as a young company, we're still learning about the factors affecting customer returns and believe we have the opportunity to reduce customer return rates. We have identified several opportunities that span policy change, process improvement, and consumer education to reduce return rates and increase overall customer satisfaction. Unfortunately, while Casper tries to roll out these kinks, there are now 175 other D2C mattress companies out there, so the competition is fiercer than before. For even more dates on Casper and its IPO offering, check out your subscriber newsletter. And now, James, on what's next for referral marketing. In the marketing space, we know there's nothing quite as rewarding or effective, I should say, as word-of-mouth referral. It's simple. Step one, someone you trust tells you what products they're using to make their life easier. Step two, you're on board, if at least for a test run. And we know understanding which users are the most loyal through a measurement like Net Promoter Score or NPS can have a direct impact on your bottom line revenue. Monetizing existing customers is highly contingent on customer success. If you measure NPS and work to improve the customer experience and brand loyalty of customers with low scores, you stand to create happier customers that are more likely to retain and expand their plans. So Ambassador, the all-in-one referral platform, is hosting an AMA, otherwise known as an Ask Me Any tomorrow on the future of word of mouth marketing. Because sure, some of the marketing trends from the past decades are dying. Luckily, we've witnessed listicles and surface level content finally seen for what they truly are. But referral marketing is still on fire. 
How could it not be, really? It's an appealing alternative for driving a high volume of qualified leads and ROI numbers. Ambassador reminds us that almost 75% of consumers identify word of mouth as a key influencer in their purchasing decision. No surprise there. So if you're around tomorrow at noon, central time, Hop on this AMA with the Ambassador crew to hear and ask about a couple key drivers like the value of integrating word of mouth into your overall marketing strategy, top trends and best practices for B2B companies and consumer brands, and how to scale this customer acquisition channel. We'll link to the sign up in your subscriber newsletter. And hot off the press, just yesterday, UserPilot launched its 2020 State of SaaS product onboarding report. Because we know onboarding has a seriously direct impact on your product's activation and adoption, an outlet with which to improve retention and decrease churn. The UserPilot team looked at over 1,000 different SaaS products, signed up for free plans and trials, and then worked through each's onboarding flow. And they noted every possible observation about how it worked, with thousands of hours of research to prove it. Here with us today, we have user pilot head of growth, Azar Ali Shad, to weigh in. Azar, what motivated your team to compile this report? Obviously, user pilot is all about user onboarding, but it's so involved. Why take this much effort? Why is this important? Yes, that's a great question, actually. I just started doing a show on user onboarding teardown, and we started doing this on one-on-one for companies that are doing good practices and bad practices. And what I learned was that a lot of companies Companies are not doing those things that we usually preach to our customers. So what was one of the most telling findings from the report? 40% of SaaS companies did not even have a welcome screen to welcome the new user. You know, let's imagine offline, right? So when you go to a restaurant, there's a waiter down there opening a gate for you saying hi. And there's a waiter comes to you, says hi again, and then gives you a menu card. So, you know, that's a normal human courtesy. And that's there in the offline world, but we don't see it in online world. And so 60% have it, but 40% still do not welcome their users. And welcome is a great way to actually uh, start the user uh, doing some kind of activation right there inside the application. And is there data that actually proves the effectiveness of something like a welcome page that continues the buyer down the journey? Companies who have a welcome screen with a checklist, the users who use the checklist, they are 3x more likely to convert to become a paid user than the users who do not use that checklist. Just having one checklist and people interacting with that checklist makes the user understand the product much better. And who would you say this report is for? Who would you suggest downloads the report, studies it? Who is it useful for? First of all, anybody in SaaS has, is either in customer success, product marketing, or product management. These three basic personas would be use, will be using it and also growth growth managers, growth marketers as well. But in general, it's for SaaS SaaS companies, right? We did not go into mobile onboarding. We just stayed in web app onboarding, almost applicable to all the SaaS companies who are usually looking to improve their one or two growth metrics, either activation or retention. And this report is for them to just look at if they are making this mistake. And if they are, might as well just go in there and see if they're doing it and then improve it from there and see if this actually helps their own, own, own processes. And finally, what's the overall message? If our users could get one thing out of this report, what should it be? Custom events are really important regardless of you use any external tool or your own tool, but start adding those custom events in your reporting analytics and based on that show the right message. That will actually have the biggest impact in your entire onboarding. And that's the one message I want the users to take away from here. Awesome. Thanks, Azar. We'll send a link to access the report in your subscriber newsletter. And that's a wrap on your January 29th subscription news. Up next, more on onboarding for retention with ProfitWell product manager, Neil Desai. 
This was actually a really tricky question because coding onboarding perception and then measuring willingness to pay is a non-trivial task. We got it done though, because we promised Jonathan we would, so give us some extra credit. To answer Jkim's question, we looked at just under 500 different software products spread between B2B and B2C and nearly 25,000 customers of those products. Here's what we found. We coded respondents' perceptions of a company's onboarding before measuring their willingness to pay. Those customers who perceived a company's onboarding positively had between a 12% and a 21% higher willingness to pay than the median. Those on the negative side had a 3-9% drop in willingness to pay, indicating that poor onboarding doesn't necessarily detract too much, but can certainly miss out on some large willingness to pay gains. Digging further, we compared those companies with purely functional onboarding, things like pointing out the features, how-tos, along with those who mix the functional with brand and value proposition onboarding. Things like introducing the team, pointing out how the product's gonna help the customers, etc. Those with purely functional but well-perceived onboarding did boost willingness to pay for the product between 8 and 17%. But those who additionally focused on value squeezed roughly another 10% in terms of willingness to pay. Now, retention is where things really get interesting. When comparing the first 60 days of the customers with poor perception of onboarding to those with positive perceptions, those customers with positive perception have much less drop-off in the first 21 days of being a customer. One point to keep in mind though is that we found extremely high fragmentation amongst customers in their perceptions of company onboarding. Put simply, most customers didn't agree that a product had good or bad onboarding, which indicates that this is still a new area we're trying to master as a community within our products. That being said, data indicates that great onboarding is essential to ingraining the value of a product within a customer, or at the very least, greases the skids of your customer to start to see the value in your product, significantly accelerating their journey. And finally, we've got a teaser for our freshest show on the block. It's RevOps and Hops. This is RevOps and Hops. We're breaking down RevOps with some of the biggest names in SaaS. Every week, Patrick Campbell and Michael Klett unravel the mysteries of RevOps while also enjoying some of the best and freshest hops around. Cheers. Cheers it's Rev not Ops even new. Hops and local drinking. There we go. All of this and more on Chargeify and ProfitWell's RevOps and Hops. And that's it for your January 29th episode of Recur Now. We will catch you right back here tomorrow where we do it all again.